Hello, everyone. Welcome to an episode of High Low with Amrata. If you're a regular listener, you know that this is the Thursday solo episode. Tuesday, we do interviews. We had Mark Jacobs on this week. Really enjoyed having him. Heads up, I'm doing an episode on the troubled teen industry and those like camps that teenagers get sent away to. Paris Hilton's been talking about them a lot. Are also our guest next week had an experience with one of those camps. If you are somebody who has an experience or thoughts on the troubled teen industry, please submit your voice notes. Go to hilo.fm. Anyway, you guys, we're finally doing me the Ask Me Anything episode that I posted on my stories a while ago. And I just want this to feel a little bit more of like a cozier episode of getting to know each other. We have some big questions. We have some little questions. We're running the gamut, um, and I'm going to be answering all of them. So hopefully this will just be a nice, cozy chat. Let's get into it. Stay tuned for more Hilo with Emrata. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. All right. So the first one, what is your height? This is really funny. I'm Trust me, a lot of the questions are deeper cut than this, but I just wanted to talk about this because I, I think it's really funny. If you've read my book, I'm really short for a model, like unforgivably short. Um, a lot of the agencies I first met with in New York were like, would measure my measurements like my hips, my waist, whatever, which by the way, as a teenage girl, not the best experience. And then they'd be like, take off your platform shoes. And I would like, my stomach would drop because I knew that I wasn't five, nine or five, eight or whatever. And, um, I was, I've been really insecure about my height basically from modeling for a long time. I'm like five, seven on a good day is how I say it. I think I'm like five, seven with sneakers on, And that's incredibly short for a runway model. And you basically only see Kate Moss is like the same height as me. Haley's like around my height. But you basically only see Napo babies modeling on the runway if they're my height. Shout out to short girls everywhere. To be clear, Babs is like five. She's short. She's like five, four. And then Kat's like five, eight. I, I have short and taller friends, whatever. But as I've gotten older, I've like gotten over my height issues partly because I just am like, you know what? It's nice to like be able to wear heels and feel not like the tallest person in the room sometimes, but still on set when I'm, I just did a job with a couple supermodels and I'm like, damn, I'm short, but I'm over it. It's fine. I don't mind. You can hate all you want. The fashion like blogs used to hate and be like, how tall is she really? She's like five, four and photographers when they there's a rude photographer. Again, a reference in my book. If you haven't read the essay, Men Like You, you should. And he like described me as being like 5'4 and whatever. My mom's 5'2. My my dad's 6'2. I landed somewhere in the middle. And leave it to modeling to make you insecure about your perfectly normal height. <laughs> All right. 
Here is a question about the Oscars. What are the vibe among fellow female artists at the Oscars, at the parties? This is a great question. So that party, the Vanity Fair party, is... I mean, the first time I went, I was like, this is so crazy. I've never been to a party like this. I like turned to my right. I saw Paul McCartney. I turned to my left. I saw, you know, a famous actress, whatever. And I was so incredibly intim- intimidated. And every time I see someone new or young at one of these parties, I really feel for them because it just feels so scary. I remember a couple of years ago, I saw Addison Ray and her boyfriend and I like beeline to her because I was like, I remember what it was like to be at a party like this for the first time and just feel completely overwhelmed by celebrities. And it feels like everyone knows each other because let's face it, there's a lot of people who've been famous for a long ass time and they do know each other and it's Hollywood. They've worked together on a bunch of movies, whatever. I would say now I'm way more comfortable. This year I rolled with Z-Way and my friend Adwa and we got ready together. We had two hotel rooms that we opened the doors to and we watched the Oscars together, ordered room service. And then we had glam teams in like Z-Way had hers in my living room. Adwa had hers in her room and then mine was in my bedroom. So we were just like all gabbing and it was so fun because everyone's stylist came and it's hair and makeup and nails. And so everyone was just, it felt like a party. It was, I was like skipping back and forth in a row. So that made it really not scary to come to the party because I was like totally relaxed and we all came together and we navigated. I would say, unfortunately, that in general, there can still be female artists who are a little bit like look you up and down and aren't the warmest or the fake nice thing. It's just like high school, guys. It's so similar to high school. It's crazy. That being said, I also have had many experiences where somebody has done what I did to Addison Ray, right? Where they like come up to you and you're like, hey, and they talk to you and they treat you with respect. Overall, I basically figured it out after however many years I've gone to this damn party. I also was smart enough to go back to the hotel and change into sneakers. God bless Z-Way. She was like, I was like, I don't, going back to the height thing, I was like, I don't want to be short. This dress is really long. I'm wearing platforms. Like, She was like, if you want boys to like you, you know what boys like? They don't just like girls in heels. They like girls who shake their ass. Like, you're putting on sneakers. And it was the best decision ever. I had silver sneakers on in my silver dress. And I danced for so long and I lasted so long. And I don't really go out that much like that. So I really enjoyed myself. But yeah, it's also about the energy you put out there. I feel like now I'm a much more like calm, less kind of insecure person. And so I feel like people respond to that and you build connections. But In general, it's not just like all female artists coming up to each other and being like bonding. You know, there is still, unfortunately, that sense of competition is taught to women and that scarcity feeling of I have to be the best person in the room. And you definitely get the people looking at your outfit. I remember one year I wore a white like two piece where my stomach was out and I designed it myself and I got so many dirty looks. And I loved the pictures and I felt great and whatever. Unfortunately, it's just like any other thing, high school work. You know, you have some people who are really nice and some people who aren't. All right. Here's another question. What do you love most about New York? People always talk about the energy in New York. And a lot of the times they'll say that it's why they can't live in New York. It's why it like kicks their ass and, you know, it just stresses them out and they have so much anxiety. I am somebody who thrives in that kind of environment. 
feeling the pressure to like get out of the house and get going and seeing everyone going about their lives, it just makes me so much more productive and less depressed in California where I'm from. I really do have an issue with the monotony of the weather. Like just every day feels relatively the same. I know the weather the past year in California has been really different, but um, growing up, it was always like 70 degrees and sunny, which for most people is heaven. And it's why people retire there and move there. But for me, it just, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't make me feel energized or excited about life. I really like seasons. And yeah, I, I don't know. The other thing about LA is it's so spread out. You really have to get in your car to get anywhere. So there isn't a feeling of like being a part of a community or part of the world in the same way that New York just kind of like smacks you across the face with it the second you step outside. And I can hide out really easily. In LA, it was very cozy and nice for me to just like not leave my house like ever and be like, Ugh, I don't want to go meet those people for dinner. And in New York, I just like, I love it. I like put on a cute outfit. I hit the streets. I have my headphones. I meet my friends. I do 20 things in a day. And it just really helps with potential depression. I also will say, yes, it can be so fucking cold in New York. Like, it is so cold. This winter wasn't so bad. But if the sun is out, I'm fine with it. I don't mind if it's really cold. If I have that light coming into my apartment or out on the streets, I don't get the seasonal depression thing so much. I also just think I really like seeing so many different kinds of people and feeling like a part of the world really I don't know. I don't know how else to say that. In LA, I, I don't feel that way. Have you ever drawn or painted anything? I have. Um, my dad is a painter and a sculptor and built the house I grew up in and worked on other houses and is just like an extremely creative person. His studio is attached to the house I grew up in. It's actually bigger than the house I grew up in and it's beautiful. There's like all these jarred pigments and he has a giant easel set up. Um, and I grew up in a really, really creative environment. And my dad was actually the art teacher at my high school fun fact. A lot of people like love him. It's it still happens to me. I'll be all over the world and you know, somebody will approach me and they'll be like, you know, 45 years old and they're like, "I had your dad in high school and he changed my life." Actually, the producer of Everything Everywhere All at Once was at the Vanity Fair party and I've met him before and I'd heard through mutual friends who work at A24 like um his name's Jonathan Lang. He credits your dad with becoming a creative. He went to my high school and he was holding the Oscar and he was like, your dad is part of the reason I have this. And so we took, Z-Way took a picture of us together and sent it to my dad and just really nice. But he really does have this incredible reputation. Actually, we just did an interview for Cultured Magazine, my dad and me, when he was visiting for Sly's birthday. We did a Zoom um, with them where we talk about parenting and being creative and painting. So check that out if you haven't. But basically, yeah, my dad was my primary caregiver when I was in preschool. My mom went back to work. So he took two years off and we would go dumpster diving and make ornaments and musical instruments and paper mache and make masks. And it was just, that's what he wanted to do. And obviously as a three-year-old, like it was a dream come true. And um, so my dad still has a lot of those, which is really cute. But basically, I was like making stuff always. And then in high school, um, I took a life drawing class with him. And I just loved it so much. 
really kind of like, I remember the first day being like, wow, I suck at drawing. And then he told me a couple things about seeing and just some tips. And it, I caught on extremely fast and improved really quickly. And then I actually applied to colleges, not all colleges, but the college that I went to UCLA as an art major. And I was studying art there for a year. And I also went to San Francisco Art Institute for a summer program where I did like 16 millimeter film and drawing. And yeah, I have a bunch of old artwork that's a little embarrassing because I was like 18, 19. But I do think of myself as a creative person and I have plenty of things to say about the art world. It's why I'm, I left UCLA and decided not to be an artist or work in the art world, but I really love art. I collect art and I think it's something that hopefully when my life like slows down a little bit and it's less about output, you know, for like for the world and more just about wanting to do things, I'll probably start making art again. But maybe I'll post some stuff. I don't know. I don't know about that. It's a little embarrassing. Okay. This is a fun like beauty one. Favorite lipstick and lip liner. I've been saying this and I, I don't know. Some of you are going to be like, what? Okay. So I like the Patrick Ta lip liner a lot because you don't have to sharpen it and you can push it up and all the colors are a little bit more brownie than they are pink. That being said, I recently have just been, I found a hack. I carry typically pretty small purses with me and um, I like to do, I like to have things that are multi-purpose. So I have a lipstick that works for my lips, but also for blush on my cheeks. And then I have a brown pencil. I think the one I have right now is Charlotte Tilbury. I use it to draw on freckles or darken my mole and my freckles on my face, do a little eyeliner and also to line my lips. It looks insane when I first put it on. It looks like I have like a mustache or something. And then I'll use the Rode lip balm. Shout out Haley. We love your lip balm and just blend it out. And it just ends up looking like a nice shading on my lips. So that's that. I'm going to do an entire other episode about this because we need to start a book club with Hilo. I feel like I reference a lot of the same books and like books that I love and feel really connected to. And I'm going to do an episode as just a book club. But somebody said, what are some books we can read that you think are related to the podcast? So stay tuned for that. All right, guys, we're going to answer a few more questions right after this break. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, 
Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Somebody sent in one via voice note, so let's listen to that one and I'll respond to it. This is from Polly. Hi, Emily. My name is Polly. I live in Australia. I sound like an Australian, but I'm actually a New Zealander. And I absolutely love your podcast. I subscribe, listen to it every week, really look forward to the subscription episodes in particular. And I've listened to a couple of them more than once. Um, So thank you for that. It's really fascinating and enjoyable. Uh, I have a question for you, and I guess it somewhat relates to the fact that I do live in Australia. And it kind of relates to feminism, I guess, broadly, but also comedy and people taking comedy potentially too far and comedy in relation to women. What I want to ask is I know that the Australian comedian Celeste Barber, who parodies a lot of influencers, models, celebrities by imitating a photo or a video in a kind of comedic way. And when I look at them, I laugh and think they're funny. And I remember thinking, oh, it's sad to hear that Emily found it so offensive and um, spoke out about it briefly. But then I thought about it and I thought, if, if that was me, would I be offended and I potentially would I feel like I would I'm quite hypersensitive and if I had the courage to put myself out on that plat on a platform um and then was kind of made fun of I I probably would take it to heart that being said I don't personally find Celeste posts mean-spirited so I just kind of wanted to see what your take was on it now or if it's changed or if you still feel the same And if you feel like that isn't an example of women lifting women up or in hindsight, do you now look at it and think, I don't want to put words into your mouth, do you think, okay, maybe it isn't mean-spirited and I I took it to heart? I'm just interested to know. I remember that it happened. Um, Celeste Barber's in my world. I guess she pops up on my feed and being in Australia, she has a TV series here. She has a comedy show here. I'd love to know. Thanks so much and take care. First thing I want to say, thank you for submitting your voice note. Thank you for listening. I agree. The first time I saw Celeste's Instagrams and whatever, I thought it was hilarious. You have to be able to laugh at yourself, obviously. And I think she's making fun of herself just as much as she's making fun of other people generally speaking. I do think that we really love to pick on female influencers like they are considered the trash, like lamest, most cringe, most embarrassing people on on the planet. And I've had so many different guys say to me like, oh God, you know, when you see like a woman getting her picture taken by her boyfriend, oh, so bad, like whatever. And I just fundamentally find that to be sexist. It's like, yeah, no shit women want, you know, to be influencers and to have clout on their social media. It's one of the ways that women have learned to be successful and make money and yes, get validation, seek validation. Like they're hustling, they're hustling. You know, I just want to say that kind of separately from this specific thing. This whole drama with Celeste has like been blown out of proportion for sure for me. I think like in general, I find her to be really funny. I don't love to see women who like kind of exclusively make fun of women, which I'm not even saying she does. Um, 
But what I was trying to send the message to her was, I just don't want you to do this anymore to me. Um, I had just published my first essay called Buying Myself Back that had been taken out of my book proposal. New York Magazine had published it, I think, the week before. had posted a bunch of things on my suit and Amarada companies. Instagram promoting our new line. And she took one of the images and one of the videos and made a caption about like empowerment. And it did get a lot of blowback. So she said, we are sick of you objectifying our bodies. Also, here's my ass. And it's like a video of her mimicking a pose I'm in. And I was like, I'm not giving my consent for this joke anymore. It just landed in a really specific time for me. And I was like, I want to be able to do my thing, whether that be write about my terrifying experiences in an industry that doesn't protect young women and girls and femme presenting people while also like having a bathing suit line. But no shade at all to her. And I think it is really important to be able to laugh about about yourself. But I think that there's a lot more there that people should think about and consider with that kind of humor. And it's such an easy thing to make fun of women who are displaying their bodies. And I do think that there can be a lot of misogyny in that. Okay. We are basically out of time, but we didn't get to any of the questions you guys sent because I'm giving such long-winded answers. Somebody asked, how has your life changed over the last year? What have you learned from it? So this could be an episode in itself, but um, my God, I've learned so much. I feel like my life has transformed in incredible ways. I feel like I've grown up so much in the past year. Sly's now two. He's definitely not a baby anymore. He's a toddler. I live with like a small man in my house. And I think how his needs have developed has also really changed who I am because it's not just anymore like taking care of a baby and, you know, making sure that he's slept, he's, you know, slept well and is fed well and was breathing and whatever. It's also now, you know, showing him how to be a person and teaching him things about the world and about life and simple stuff. Like sometimes he bites me when he's really excited and really tired and I have to be like, explain that. And he understands everything I say. So I really developed and changed as a mother, I think a ton. I think I've learned a lot. I think overall my general thing, and I do think this has to do with becoming a mom, I feel really calm. Like There's a lot of things that are going on in my life on a day-to-day basis that can be really stressful. I have like multiple kind of careers and different spaces and people that I'm dealing with and I'm managing like hour-to-hour podcasting versus traveling for fashion work versus having my own line versus new businesses and then like trying to have a personal life and also heal from my divorce and whatever, what what I've been through in the past four years and also like coming out of COVID and then like having a home and being a single parent and managing a household like is all a lot. But I think I've just kind of have this new faith in myself and confidence instilled in me that feels really good. So I'll get more into that. All right. I'm sorry we didn't get to very many questions today. I want to start doing these like maybe every four or five episodes because I do think it's a nice way for us to get to know each other a bit more and just catch up. So if you want to participate, go to hilo.fm, send in your questions, ask me anything, just put that at the top and we'll save those for that 
if you like this kind of format, listen to the subscription episode that comes out once a week. I play your voice notes that you've submitted via hilo.fm and I respond to your questions. Typically, we talk more about things that we've discussed on the episodes, like whether it be something that came up with a guest or on the solo episode, but we also get into personal stuff. So definitely check that out. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a beautiful week. And if you have anything to say about the troubled teen industry, please submit your thoughts, your experiences. Thank you for listening. Hilo with Emrata is a Sony Music Entertainment, Bitch Era Media, and Something Else production. Our executive producers are me, Emily Ratajkowski, Matt Raz, and Sarita Wesley. Our showrunner is Matt Raz. Our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh.